Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dally Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet, Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. The Raw before WrestleMania Backlash, a show so good, there's no five-star review review skip today, Hamlet. A show so good, there's apparently no need to promote it as well, it would seem. Look, I'm not I'm not into the... <laughs> this may shock you. I'm not into um, podcasts, uh, YouTube channels, whatever, where the, uh, there's always somebody that's like overly shouty and needlessly aggressive and I'm not going to name names but people they're all out there yeah. and they know them and like I live my life like that like I'm happy to be George Harrison as long as I'm hanging out with the Beatles hey. you know I mean I don't mind being the quiet one because we're the best Yoko Ono right here baby <laughs> <laughs> we're the best of the best and that's all that matters I think this is today. Oh, I was watching this show thinking, thank God I have a place to go where I can scream about this professionally rather than just waking my children up, <laughs> screaming with rage at the telly. This is an extension of everything I've been... And I hear myself, right? This is an extension of everything I've been moaning about since WrestleMania when it all clicked, when it all happened, that I find myself having to moan about. And I think you're driving it well, Bon, because you're the last enthusiastic man for this absolute nonsense. But they, Even I was a bit like, come this on, This was a piss take beyond all their piss takes, this opening segment i got some nice things to say about this Raw beyond that, but my word, i got some problems with it. I'm just completely numb. I wish I could have the ire. I wish I could have a little bit of uh, <laughs> the podcast voice where you kick off in goddamn accents and all the rest of it. <laughs> that's kind of what we do anyway, but you get the point. But you know the difference? We all know the difference, don't we? They rank some of them podcast guys. Uh, I know, yeah, just like... Performative rage, I'd hate it. Yeah, I hate it as well. Like, I used to be a little bit like that, but I earnestly thought, oh, it's genuinely annoyed me. Mm. And then when I realised, oh, that's not really that annoying, it's just WWE who gives, <laughs> who gives a toss. You just use your indoor voice. Yeah. Use your analytics. Your analytical, <laughs> your analytical way. Uh, this just did literally nothing for me, and it did literally nothing for any of the performers, I expect, mm. as well. Uh, there was legitimately one bit where, I'm, and I'm, this isn't a bit, genuinely it's not a bit. I'm like, if I wasted valuable time 
going on. You know when it's like, uh, you know, he's just skipping through. Yeah, yeah. And you think, oh my God, I've wasted time watching it. It's virtually identical to the stuff that's been happening <laughs> over the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, I, it's kind of a weird day, this. The reason why I say we're not doing the five-star review review is we've got so much to do today. We've still got to recap what happened on SmackDown and Rampage because of the bank holiday weekend, which is a blessing and a curse for mm-hmm. us here in, in England. Uh, Sid, you and I are doing a, the SmackDown review. A little sneak peek. I came in, or I would have come in, going, oh, I thought this was quite a good show for SmackDown. But that was before I found out that the match at WrestleMania Backlash isn't for all the titles, as I automatically assumed. And just, oh, it's a six-man now. So that's just... Say, if I were doing it today, SmackDown. Yes. Oh, crap, I'll save my rant until Yeah, then. exactly. Say, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to rant about that. <laughs> uh, but yes, we open the show uh, with the brilliant Roman Reigns, the, the Usos, Paul Heyman, the bloodline. Loved this, because I saved about eight minutes. This uh, <laughs> is part of their entrance. Oh, and I, I figured it out why why we're so different on this, the, the two of you. It's because you the twos, and we, we the ones. Anyway, uh, Paul Heyman... <laughs> <laughs> But over, <laughs> but over. How, how, how lucky we all were to be in the presence of Roman Reigns, and he told North Carolina, "Acknowledge me." Uh, big reaction. Uh, but I did like the bit where he's doing the, the pose, and you're like, "Okay, here we go." Ten minutes of you know <laughs> exposition. Ten minutes uh, after. Oh, I did mention. Should have mentioned Paul Heyman. Welcome to us. Do Monday now. Ow. And then the RK Bro just slid straight in. Perfect timing. Uh, RKO on uh, both of the Usos. Roman Reigns can't believe what he's seeing. Roman Reigns suddenly panicking. He's trapped in a corner. Drew McIntyre's music hits. This all coming back off what happened on SmackDown, of course. He comes down with his sword. Reigns looks terrified. He drops the sword outside the ring. He means business. They get into a big brawl, and uh, that's going down. And then in come back the Usos, and so RK Bro getting involved. And I thought, oh, wow, what a, what a hot start to the show. What's this going to lead to? You know, presumably the main event, because that's traditionally what happens. And we come back from break, and they go... Uh, let's just recap the last two minutes that you've just seen anyway, because you've got the brain of a goldfish. And, uh, well, can't wait to see what happens on SmackDown with this. And I was like, oh, I guess that's it then. What a piss take. They are ripping the piss out of you. And I know that's not a hot take, and that's why I feel embarrassed for myself that I can still get worked up. They are ripping the piss out of you with this Roman Reigns character. And they have been doing it for ages. And I don't know if just... It's a personal thing where, like, I've been completely overwhelmed by my subjective, like, hatred of this this cheat code that they think they've got that they haven't got. They think, this will fool them. You know what's perfect for the uh, post-WrestleMania Raw show closer? Just send Roman out there, uh, do the bit. That's enough. They'll think it's enough. They won't. Like, WWE's fans are not as stupid as they continue to think they were. This happened in the strangest of ways the last two weeks when uh, lesbian stuff. Fans didn't react. Because the audience are now more progressive than stupid old twats right in the show backstage. <laughs> and they are here too. Like, this this won't continue to be enough. And they are already stretching it to breaking point. Roman Reigns comes out. They do the bit, as you say. You have the immediate attack, which, as you say, like, that would normally scan as, oh, like a break from the usual promo train, the everyone taking turns, all that sort of stuff. That might, there might be some merit to that, right? But when it becomes the whole segment... And then the, they have the cheek of the tease. By the way, the tease for the match that is no longer for the titles, but the tease of tune in to SmackDown, where you're good and the same. Like it's, uh, they're they're going to be in the same building on Friday. They just were. This is what, <laughs> this is what happened. They're going to be in the same building on Friday. They're yeah. going to be in the same building on Sunday. None of it matters, because you send a guy out there to do his one catchphrase, stick his fucking finger up in the air, and call it a thing. It's not a thing. Nothing is happening. This, considering that it was commercial-free as well, you get Roman's entrance, you get the run-in, you get the battle. This was the dynamite opener. 
of WWE's flagship, well, not anymore flagship, but of their big Monday night wrestling show, the historic 20, 30 years wrestling show. It's an insult. This stuff, this Roman Reigns stuff is an insult. His aura is becoming diminished by it because you don't, like, the, the, I think the, the, I don't want to call it nuance, but we all really enjoyed the Brock Lesnar. The, the wrinkle in the detail of the Brock Lesnar story was Roman had never been so good at masking that he was actually quite afraid mm. of what of the challenge that Brock offered. They'd abandoned it in the match. So you're no longer required to like follow what happens on television because it's just going to be a Roman Reigns match. It's going to be a boring Paul Heyman agent in Roman, Roman Reigns match on the pay-per-view. So it doesn't matter if you don't invest in the television. And so now he's like, they've reduced it from act a little in the Brock one because we want there to be gravitas around this too. Sell some fear at Drew with a sword. That sword that he never kills anybody with, he cuts ropes with because he can't murder people. <laughs> like, be scared. Be trembly lips Roman at somebody with a sword for a six-man tag with no stakes and you're going to meet in the building and do it all over again. It's an absolute fraud. This is like Wizard of Oz guy controlling the machine stuff. I, like, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And they think it's so brilliant that they're going to do even less going forward. Like, they're giving you progressively less Roman Reigns for your money. There's less meat on the bone in the stories. And they think it's what people love. Like, I'll, I'm watching this company thinking they've found a magic formula, and it's worse than ever. I can't really add too much to that. It just struck me when you did your recap. Drew McIntyre puts his sword down. He means business. Why have the sword? <laughs> if you need to conduct the, your... The implement of death is the business, isn't it? Like the If you need to conduct your business without the sword, and the putting down the sword means business, mm. why have you got a sword? <laughs> why have you... Like, I, I've never understood Imagine this. getting that through customs. I know. It's like a belt one thing. Yeah. I ask, yeah, I've got, why got a sword? <laughs> why are you going to murder a weapon? You're going to kill someone, guy? Huh? You're going to kill someone? Weird. <laughs> it's just like, nah, it's just, I've got this boss, right? And it makes us like do this uh, stuff. So I've, got, I've got a sword. I've just got a sword. It's because you know why? There's a film uh, called Braveheart, which was produced, what, 20, 94 ish? It was 95. How many years ago was okay. that? It's like 27 years 27 ago. years ago. Yeah, it's a 27 year old film. That's the closest possible thing to Scotland that my boss is aware of. And if you think about it even deeper, it's a, you don't take license with it, but it's a, it's a historical drama. <laughs> and, uh, that's what Scottish people are. That's who, that's who I am. Hence the sword. I'm not. I'm not having this. If you're saying that this is an outdated reference, because we had a reference to Lemmings on this show, so I'm pretty sure a Braveheart's older than a 1992 <laughs> video game. <laughs> but Edge is like such an expositional nightmare at this point. He went to the trouble of explaining Lemmings, like ostensibly because the live crowd are thick, but it's because it's really like no, your references are so thick. I you love need to it. talk them through. What are the kids playing nowadays? Fortnite, Minecraft. I think they're still playing. Lemmings, I'm sure still firing up the Omega 500 Plus and knocking out <laughs> lemons on their three floppy disks. I will <laughs> just a little preview of the rant that I'm going to try not to have on the SmackDown review. Oh, but the tease. whole idea is they've got no stars that they thought, right, who've we got? Knee one for Roman in, in the short, medium term. Well, we've got Drew. Yeah, I don't want to do that yet. What can we do for them in the meantime? Nothing. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> they're going to they're clash at a castle. In yeah, like I, I, six months, like it's not six months, but ages away, ages and ages. Oh, it'll all be wrapped up after four pay per views before. That. <laughs> we said, uh, we said about with with Brock, they kind of you know looked their way into it because Brock came back at what end of summer? Oh, slam? day one COVID saved the WrestleMania main event. Yeah, Roman having COVID for day one. Was it Roman? Yeah, yeah. Brock yeah. won the belt, didn't he? Yeah. And then like I looked at this and I thought, yeah, because I'm looking at the, the pay per view schedule, and as far as I'm aware, it's Obviously, WrestleMania Backlash this weekend, then Hell in a Cell, then Money in the Bank, then, then SummerSlam. Well, then we hit stadium season, 
ZN because you've got Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and Clash at the Castle are all stadium shows. And you, I was like, you got you got three stadiums and no main events. So I was like, oh, cool. So you're going to have presumably the RK Bro and Drew win the the WrestleMania Backlash match. Then they just do the same matches but with individuals: Drew versus Roman and the Usos versus RK Bro with titles. Got Hell in a Cell to go before Money in the Bank. Yeah, but the other guys stadium. winning, other guys winning Hell in a Cell. Then you run it back with some stipper. I mean, actually, you're going to stip it up at Hell in a Cell. Then you'll do a non-stipped version in Money in the Bank. Then sum up for SummerSlam. And then might, you're at a castle. They might make a new start. I'm telling you, Bron Breaker's <laughs> going to win that title on day one. That's because uh, his rating's probably not going to recover from the NBA stuff, mm. and then they're going to get panicky. Anyway, uh, some person who could be the new start that they've created is Ezekiel. Who's weirdly over mm. in the uh, in the what culture office? He approached the street profits in the back. Uh, he introduced himself. They gave him a drink. Uh, in comes uh, Chad Gable. I notice. Shush, please. Shush. Uh, and Kevin Owens is there. He's still furious. Still calling Ezekiel a liar. Uh, and Gable said uh, that he learned that lie detector tests can be tricked by the biggest frauds. Uh, and they said they were going to expose them. And uh, Angelo Dawkins said they were going to smash him in a six-man tag tonight. And then Owens chucked the drink that Ezekiel was holding in his face uh, and then legged it to s- before the match. But, yeah, Ezekiel is uh, he's winning me over. So, like, I'll say this now because then it saves us going long on talking about it after the match itself. But I remain impressed, I think, at the difference in the quality of the, like, the characterization of the roster between Raw and SmackDown. The gap is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Between this and the main event of this episode of Raw, you have a bunch of wrestlers. So you might not be into the... Like, WWE can't tell stories. So you might, I was going to say you might be into the <laughs> stories, but you might not be into what it is the wrestlers are doing this week or what they're reciting. But I kind of know who most of the characters are and characters are what it's all about because that's how you mix and match these people and everything feels real. You know, we talked about a little bit about it with the tag division before WrestleMania. It felt like they were forming a tag division. Vince Hayes' tag team. So what they're actually doing is forming a, like a mid-card. Mm. And I just feel like I know enough about all of these individual and, and tag team players to, like, take an interest when they smush them all together. And like I say, you got it in the main event of this show as well. It's, it, it's not necessarily good, but it is functional. And WWE so rarely feels functional these days. <laughs> I, I kind of get, like, a passive enjoyment out of it. Here we go. <laughs> I hate this. That's all right. I like the Ezekiel thing. Yeah. He plays to the guy's strengths. He's always had this. Uh, he's always good when he's doing the guitar bit of like just manipulating the audience and then like a deadpan. He's got a bit of a gym down the lens about him. He has. Has, hasn't he? He's got, always that's has a great show, yeah. yeah. He's got this like deadpan quality where when the crowd boos, you can like, oh, I didn't say anything. Yeah. And this this oblivious thing works to instead rile up Kevin Owens instead of the audience. Like putting him in... Multi-man matches is good because the character's kind of over. People are into him. He can do certain things. It's like the story of life, is life, isn't it? He can do certain <laughs> things. Like when other people have done their exciting stuff, he can come in at a certain point where the, the drama is a little bit intensified and he can do his spots and he can get over. Like at, at some point, he's going to have to work a singles match with Kevin Owens and it's probably going to fail. But for now, like he's got the personality to get this over. I just noticed his body more than ever, this. And I don't know whether it's the tassels or not. Tassels, well, tassels yeah. are great. Yeah. T- timeless cheat, that, isn't it, for the biceps? Ridiculous. Anyway, in the match itself, uh, great move uh, with uh, Montez Ford going for a sunset flip and Gable hitting with a Northern Lights suplex. What 
great performance. Chad Gable well. was incredible on this match. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, Owens hit him with a moonsault afterwards. That got two count. We got a We Want Zeke chant. Uh, and he comes in, he got the hot tag, and yeah, crowd loved it. It gave with a spine buster, chop, stinger splash, delayed vertical suplex. You can see all the muscles bulging in that big lad. Uh, <laughs> Otis dives in to break up the cover. Everyone comes in, big, you know, trading of moves, as we often see in these sorts of matches. Uh, Ezekiel tackles Owens, hammers away at him. Uh, Owens rolls to the outside. Gable takes the referee, and as uh, Ezekiel comes off the ropes, Owens trips him. Gable rolled him up. One, two, three, Sage. Yeah, Chad Gable was absolutely electrifying in this match. And no offense to uh, Dawkins, who doesn't get as much credit as he deserves, but he's clearly not the most well-rounded, great professional wrestler. He's very um, entertaining in the role. And, you know, he's one more diverse than he gets credit for. But I was watching his exchange with Chad Gable. The opening of it, yeah, you know, I, I was thinking, Give this 12 minutes and a singles because this is, like, genuinely great stuff. This is a very fun match, I thought. Yeah. Like yeah, fun fun's the word, but like they have loads of these fun matches on Raw. And like I like to I like to give credit when I can for something that I feel earns it. And persistently, obviously, Gable does. He can kind of do. He can do awesome excitement in his sleep. Mm. Like, and it's so hard to break out of the WWE formula match style to do that. Montez Ford is another guy that can do it. Kevin Owens, when he's in the mood, just does it. Like that moonsault that Owens hits in this, just because he. I I often think like we've said this before about um, FTR. I think it's nice sometimes when the wrestlers just feel like. Take a bit of this as well. I want to be in the conversation. That's kind of how like wrestlers should feel when they're on the independence. And then it's easy to get here and just be like, so much easier to just follow what the agents say. Follow the script, do the do your job and get the hell out of there. I like it when there's a sense of competitiveness between the wrestlers to want to be in the conversation and in the discussion. Really enjoyed this. And of all, I didn't have on my 2022 bingo card, WWE rediscovers the hot tag. But between Randy Orton and Ezekiel, they've worked out that, oh, that thing that you hate, Vince, is really effective in getting yeah. people over all over again. Do that. Uh, AJ Styles was backstage with. So I'm just checking my notes here. Kevin Patrick! <laughs> uh, who said he basically had Edge. This is Styles, I mean, had Edge beat at WrestleMania, and then his new bloody friend showed up to distract him. Uh, and so if he can beat Damian Priest tonight, he will be banned from ringside for his rematch with Edge at WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, then we cut to Postman Pierce, who's chatting to Sonya Deville and says that the higher ups want to see her compete, but not while she's got any sort of authority. Uh, and so there's a six-woman tag match for the main event um, with DeVille tagging with Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley against Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Asuka. And DeVille tries to add a stipulation, and Pierce says, no, you're not wearing a jacket tonight, basically. You've got no power. You're just a performer. Uh, are these higher-ups that I've employed were led to believe every general manager in the history of WWE authority figures finally woken up after 20 odd years and be like, you know what, we keep hiring buddies. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do something about this. Is that, is that what's happening? Are we seeing like the, this almighty logic gap finally being closed by Adam Pearce putting a thumb on Sonya Deville's ability to cheat? Like I'd love him with like a big, you know, like um, he used to have the fashion files. Yeah. With the big board, like, <laughs> like think Charlie. 30 with, villains. With the, <laughs> wait a second, Bischoff? Vicky <laughs> What's going on here? He's finally, yeah, I'm just... Preposterous, but yeah, this whole thing absolutely sucks. Yeah, I thought so. I think so no. uh, what didn't suck, I thought I really like these, and it happens that they do it all the t- well, they don't do it all the time, but what they do it's the same formula. Someone in this case, it was Byron Saxton, chats to a guy you're about to watch die. 
Bert Hansen was in the ring, uh, and he said, "Oh, you know, Veer Mahan, he terrifies me, but I'm from I'm from here, and I worked at this place down the road, and I'm, oh, Stamey's Barbecue, I've got it written down here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for all those fans." And to Byron Saxton, who's you know, by all accounts, he can be annoying to a lot of people, but from all accounts, seems to be just a lovely bloke. He gave him the most generic and a good look. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm just getting out of the ring as fast as I can. And yes, Veer Mahan smashed him in like 90 seconds. Uh, the million-dollar clothesline um, targets his cerv- cervical uh, area with a clutch and, uh, yeah, gets the submission, whatever, and then murders him again in the ropes. The selection process for these particular enhancement talents is always so astute. I'm, I'm always in admiration of it. Like, there was a string of guys that they fed to Braun once upon a time, who were quite similar about this. It's like, right, okay, um, it's the nearest training school that we can vouch for with one of our management connections, like one of the agents, it's a school. Like, should we, are we okay to recruit from there? Uh, yeah, 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 it's got a decent reputation. No one's going to hurt any one of our stars in the ring. Right, okay, line them up. Uh, can this one cut a promo? Yeah, I'm interested in that. <laughs> Give me the biggest geek you can find <laughs> in your school that is not going to hurt someone. Let's hear your promo. Right, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you, you're perfect. The black comedy here. I don't know how effective it is because I was quite happy to see the heel beat up a nerd because it's... But at the same time, maybe their line of thinking is, oh, if we get the most pitiable one, then the heel will get over. But I'm laughing personally. It's wins on top of wins because, yeah, the, the monster might get over, as monsters often have. But in the case of... The, the two I always think of when you look at the particular brand of dork is... Braun and Ryback. We watched a Ryback squash together recently, me and Cedric in the office. Who was in it? John Silver was yeah. in it. Was it? And they were brilliant. Like, John Silver and the other guy were just so great at being pulverized. Silver got a couple of seconds on the microphone, didn't he? Yeah. And they were, like, trying to, like, make the most of it. But it was... It, be as nerdy as possible is the instruction. And I, can not go be, for I can see why they picked Silver for that. He's very, like, an enthusiastic mm. guy. Yeah. You want the most, like, sincere, naive Yeah, he didn't look like 2022. He wasn't this, like, jacked guy coming in. But, like... um why the local guy is probably thinking, well, you just never know, is because of the, like, James Ellsworth yeah, exactly. as well. Like, he picked for every bit of criteria Cedric just described, cuts this promo, gets, like, a six-month run as a wrestler in this never-ending feud with AJ and Braun and that, and then gets a job as, like, the, like, arsehole manager for Carmella for a bit. All of these will also be thinking, well, that window is wide open for me to jump in. So once a week, they're going to get a guy that wants to make the most of being the worst kind of dork. If they're never seen again, they were a great dork. Otherwise, they get a job out of it. And, like, in the meantime, you theoretically get the monster over. I'm not as convinced on that bit of it. I'm, I'm with Sid here. I'm not yet sure how well that's going down. Um, that's incredibly generic. I like you know, that as well, just as we're working this out. Who's the biggest dork uh, he's beaten up so far? Uh, Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the, ultimately that's the first payoff. He's like, well, he's got to be looking over his shoulder. Who for? Mysterio. <laughs> like, it's, it's not exactly, <laughs> you know, it's that, that bit of it is not so great. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, let's talk about this promo we got from Edge. Don't worry, I've not written it down verbatim because no one wants that. Um, he uh, he announces that they're Judgment Day and he says, oh, you bloody people. But you can't stand to look at yourselves in the mirror and you can't stand to look at us because you can't stand to look at yourselves or some bollocks. Um... You make me sick, or you should make yourself sick, or someone. Uh, and he said, oh, you can't even count high enough to find your seats, probably, or something. It was the most generic. They like, sat down. They all sat down in a fairly packed house. Uh, and he said, yeah, if Greensboro had a sports team, which it doesn't, uh, well, it'd be called the Lemmings, because they're a small, dumb rodent that rushed into danger, just like AJ Styles is doing this Sunday. See, I've made the connection. <laughs> Uh, and he, 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 the only good thing about this is Edge getting riled up by the Watt chant. Like, I don't yeah. like the Watt chant. None of us do, really. But sometimes... Oh, I love it. Sometimes <laughs> when they're just spouting crap like this, I'm like, yes, what? I'm going to Google when Lemmings came out. Will you tell me what you thought of this promo? Uh, very little. Very little. I, I've got a perverse amusement in what I can definitely sense is a deliberate shift in this character. It's gone from... Fiend adjacent, spooky lights, nonsense to, oh, just do Sandown instead. Like this, this Fiend thing that you're doing it hasn't worked. Um, luckily, you've said some bollocks. You said enough bollocks early that we can pretend all along that you're the intelligent guy and everybody else is thick. So f- <laughs> you never did. <laughs> uh, so they've gone from Fiend to Sandow, which I'd prefer one of them to be ripped off. And that was, this is potentially got legs now. Sandow, except can work. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, the problem is that Edge is going to go 30 minutes with AJ Styles and pretend that this match is some epic, which it won't be, and the match will be laughable as a result. But, you know, the ingredients for Edge to play an intellectually superior veteran who knows every trick. There's a, there's a bare bones of a character here now where there wasn't last week, and I'm, sp- I'm still laughing at the verbiage. You can get the writer to write a more flattering and less embarrassing character, but it's still the same writer writing nonsense. Yeah, and especially, and I, I know we try and avoid this comparisons with AEW, but like, if your intention is go out there and rile these fans up, so they want to, you know, jump the barricade, as like Cornette would say, or something like that. Look at what MJF did. Like, what was it? Fighter Fest? Was this I'm thinking of? Well, Fight for the Fighter Fest 2020 yeah. was awesome. Uh, 2019. Yeah, because he comes out 
Yeah, video games. I used to like video games. They're like, I lost my virginity. And they're like, oh, you prick. I want to get not. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, your Sunderland is so bad. Uh, you should call them the, the Sunderland Lemmings because they like, <laughs> they like uh, kill themselves or something. That's a game from 1991, by the way. Um, and, and then he, he goes, oh, yeah, champ, what on me? Uh, well, at least I've got my own teeth. It's just such a rubbish. Well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Jeff. Well, you, you wear glasses, but you don't you don't show you wearing glasses, Jeff. On uh... remember that time when um, the fiend went to Chicago, and they went, the Bulls haven't had a ring since nineteen ninety seven. How are you doing? Ninety eight, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. You know, you still do this. It's a, if you can <laughs> manipulate the lighting rig to your advantage and to like just like completely befuddle your opponent, you don't need to do any of this. Boy. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's. Such a wild overcorrection that I think that you're going to get both. So I think you're going to get, why not both? You're going to get Edge one week talking about um, uh, omnipotent mountains and glee. What was it, Joe Gacy? That was Joe Gacy. Yeah, Joe the, oh, what is it? The tolerance clay? Tolerance clay. <laughs> right. I think it was tolerance clay. I think you get that one week, and then you get like local sports teams the next, and they're not going to, like, it's just going to flail wildly. It's going to be a. It's going to be like um, a shower hose that you can't get under control um, to uh, paraphrase Giles Corrin's book about sex. (laughs) (laughs) The description of a functioning penis. (laughs) It's it's going to, like, they're not going to know what, like, Edge doesn't really know what this character is. Edge, as this tenured professional, I think he's trying, and that's kind of why I start. I'm going to be nice about something to do with Edge later on in this Mm. podcast, so I feel I can be a little bit mean now. I think he's trying to make sense of this and can't, and then the writers aren't helping him. And as a result, you're just going to get from one week to the next... Uh, blue light, big thrones, his big, his big wheelie chair. Yeah, but he didn't have it this week, did he? That's because he's sand down now. He's not the fiend anymore. He probably spent all week trying to get Drew's sword through that. <laughs> we got his big chair. There's no time. Let's just go. It's time for business. Hanging uh, up the back of the plane. Yeah. So when he hasn't, that's the tell. When he's not got the chair, your sports team is in trouble. Yeah. When he's on his chair, it's time for us wow, to get. Wow, wacky get. tolerance clay is the clay that's hard to mold. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got to get your. Uh, Get a thesaurus out, idiots, when he's got his big chair. Oh, good. Anyway, AJ Styles' Damian Priest was next, and they were highlighting the fact that Styles obviously has got an injured shoulder from it getting shut in a drawer or something the other week. Um, Priest sent him shoulder burst, shoulder first into the ring post, targeted that. Styles fights back, uh, sort of hit him with a power bomb, reversing uh, off the back of something. Priest uh, hits him with a backbreaker. Styles slips out the razor's edge, hits a Pele kick, goes for the phenomenal forearm, but Priest counters it into a huge south of heaven choke slam. Styles just gets his shoulder up. He uh, ducks a kick, applies the calf crusher. Calf crusher. Edge hops up on the apron, and Styles goes, cool, thanks for that, and rolls up Damian Priest to get the victory, which means Damian Priest is banned from ringside at WrestleMania Backlash. Um, but the, the win was immediately negated because uh, Edge slides in, um, attacks Styles. Priest recovers, hits him with a flat liner. And they set up to Concerto uh, Styles, I think mainly on his shoulder rather than his head. But Finn Balor runs down to make the save and clears out the ring. And we even get a, a two-sweep from Styles and Balor, which I, I did I did like that. I mean, I know we've had interactions with those two before, but it's nice to see AJ Styles got mates. Yeah, so I'll do the rubbish bit first, and then I want to get some uh, LTST. That's going to come off the back of this, if Edge is listening. I bet he is. Loves the part. Um, I kind of believe that they've beaten Damien Priest in this role already. Yeah, I, it's awesome. Right, I like that Priest is, like, can't interfere on Sunday. It creates the tease. We all think that somebody else is going to join the stable. And that's like... We just think the, the young star in a stable can absorb all the losses on, like, to the 
best star gets protected. Like like Sammy Guevara, 25 years yeah. old at the start of the inner circle, and now 42-year-old <laughs> Damien Priest. <laughs> like, he's like 38 or something. When he hits his prime, yeah, he's going to be really something. That's the thing that's setting him up now for his future run. That's the local town heat promos. They're just doing the old age outlaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, they're, like, it's preposterous that he has lost this. But I, I like what it's set up, but, like, this company, like, kind of get out of its own way because they're brand new. They're supposed to be this deadly threat. And he's been beaten already. And then it's just like, yeah, no, sell it. Get on with the beat down. Like, this is the real quiz. The real quiz is beating you up after the match, that sort of thing. So it's, it's pathetic that the, the only thing they can think of as a way to get Damien Priest out of this is to have him lose. You know, steal one roll up. By the way, you shouldn't be beating them like, like this anyway. So anyway, that's rubbish. The rest of this, quite like the match. I think we spoke before about, like, Damien Priest is not bad. You know, like, he, there's a few guys now where, like, he has chemistry with people. Like, he's... I, Carryable is unfair because he definitely like pulls his own weight, but like they're not always brilliant. But Damien Priest has this habit of having like sleeper hits on Monday mm. Night Raw. It's probably the nice way to say it. So I quite enjoyed the match. Um, the shoulder stuff is super super on the nose, but it's WWE, and I I don't mind it. There's something. There's, I'm way more invested in this, and I think the match will go down better in a normal setting with less pressure on it, not in a stadium. I think this. I think the backlash match is going to dwarf the WrestleMania one. Yeah, Genuine. I, I think it, I think it'll be genuinely quite good. I had low expectations for the WrestleMania one, and it fell below that. I've total opposite with this. I think it'll be good. I think the story's better. The characters are more well-rounded than they were going into WrestleMania. So I, like, I quite like that as well. Um, Finn Balor coming out to make the save. Nice that AJ's got a friend. Like, it's almost a bit cheesy at this point in the other biz clears. But, like, New Japan are, like, double trebling down on it. Like, they all of a sudden need Bullet Club again. Um so that's like their big angle. So you, on one hand, it's almost like, well, maybe it is still relevant because if it's still talked about in like, like impact as well, I guess like, you know, it's a yeah. bullet club are a thing again. So like having this history. They certainly think there's more juice in the fruit. Uh, uh, yeah. New Japan Wilborn firing in with the taste. Really? <laughs> like but this is where the LTST comes in. So before we recorded, you were talking, and this is going to be on loads of other podcasts about how like the extension of uh, bloodline is for a purpose because there's pay fees to get to the stadiums to fill, mm. right? You've got now a tag partner for AJ Styles if you want to stretch this match into second singles matches plus a tag match. That's right. But we are assuming that a new person is going to join Edge's group, probably to help him win a backlash or soon, Champa yeah. or whoever, yeah, yeah, Rhea yeah. Ripley, whatever. Somebody else is joining the group and is going to help. Ne- meaning that uh, these uh, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Biz Clays things are going to need a third person. Who else has just returned to WWE that is Bullet Club 444 life? All to set up Cody versus Edge at one of the stadiums. Because ah. that was a big match. They, yeah. They could, they've got Cody versus Edge is, is new and big. And I think that's where you get a, a bunch of matches to build to matches. But the match at the end is Cody and Edge. Imagine instead of Bullet Club, Bailey Club. I mean, if they, if they have Rhea Ripley join, I mean. What? You're just, he's desperate to have Bailey back, basically. Oh, right. right. <laughs> yeah, I've put Bailey in some angles, but I mean. What the hell is that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. What about um, wild wacky um, arm flaming tube men, but black, made out black and white? One issue of your fantasy book in here is that you've gone the AEW route about it. Yeah. So I don't think they'll do that. But I'm not, <laughs> Sensible. Not, not in the Cody versus Edge, like, promo battles that the WWE fan could understand. Yes, I'd be into this. Because <laughs> them two talking at each other mm. will basically look like one of my list entries that people... Don't like some WWE <laughs> fans don't like because they're too sort of overly descriptive and stuff. So, oh, hang on, sorry for that minute. <laughs> it's all right for them. Yeah, this is fine. It's so much better than it was that I'm measuring it against a curve. It's funny that Damian Priest has got beat already, but you know he's got his role. And the prospective tag match isn't bad. I don't think it's not bad. Fun. There's genuine intrigue. Like, could they do a swerve? 
I think Balor joins Judgment Day instead. Yeah. Or could they... Like, there's direction... There's something to... Purple Demon. I know you have your demons, Finn. What do you mean, Edge? <laughs> <laughs> Purple Demon sounds incredibly Purple weird. Demon oh, I got great. my demons, too. Um, <laughs> so they could... There's different directions. This company wanted me to be a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> the pumpkin of omnipotence. <laughs> Uh, Cedric Alexander um, approached MVP and Omos, still trying with the Hurt Business thing. Uh, he wants to join them. He's got a match against... Get over it! Cedric Sa- Alexander. <laughs> Even Charles Benjamin's got enough of this. <laughs> uh, he's got a match against Bobby Lashley to prove himself, and MVP liked the idea. I did like Omos going, it's time for you to leave. It's been many times that I'm sure that all three of us have had that I thought with a conversation with someone. Omos just says it out loud. <laughs> all right, time for you to go. <laughs> Like Cedric Alexander's playing the, uh, the the role of a guy who's been cut out of a friendship group or just phased out. Oh, he bothered you? Nah, he can be, that's best left in the past. And he's, he's still there. Yeah. He's like, oh, thing you coming out. Oh, what? I thought we got rid of Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I love how much like Vincent Mann has always gone back to this well as well. Like he's rubbing his thighs at the prospect of one of these stars. I love cutting people out. I want to do this to Triple H for a real one day. <laughs> Uh, they wished happy birthday to The Rock, 50 years old. Uh, lovely stuff. Did it a couple of times on the show. And then we got Miss TV with the special guest, Mustafa Ali. Um, and Miss welcomes Just us. Just cut in last week's audio, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm not talking about this. He uh, brings out Mustafa Ali. This time, uh, Ali's mic didn't work. Oh, and his music got cut off early. Um, Miss kept calling him Moost and said, oh, don't go on Twitter and complain. And Ali eventually gets so pissed off, he grabs the mic, uh, the mic from Miz and uh, says, the only people, the only thing people have got to complain about, or that I've got to complain about, is the fact you're, you still work here. Um, look, when you get upset, Miz, you complain backstage to the, the higher-ups, to the officials, blah, blah, blah. When I feel unheard, I go to the WWE universe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talking uh, about the Miz, like he's like 1997 Shawn Michaels or something. Everybody knows that backstage you're a total hellraiser. Yeah. Miz going back through the curtains. Follow that motherfucker. And everybody goes, <laughs> it's, all right. <laughs> um, uh, Miz. <laughs> the one man that's ne- like, he's so literally not lost his smile that he grins after a defeat. Yes, <laughs> yeah. As far away from Shawn Michaels at his worst as you get. Oh, he's an absolute nightmare working with Shawn. Like, can you imagine anybody ever wrestling the Miz at like a big pay for you and like, I cannot lose the title to him. It's like Vince, you can have it's it's me or him. I'd yeah. like there being a screw job centered around the mid. <laughs> I did I, I did see it and I saw a great be like, no, I'll, I'll do the job. I'll do the job twice. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a great clip on Twitter of the weekend, so I would like to see the Miz putting over the Blackburn Rovers. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Mr. Shearer. I think Mr. Shearer's gonna score some goals today. I love that. If you haven't seen it, go and search it out. It was all over Twitter over the weekend. Uh, anyway, Miz got the mic, the right one, and got the wrong one initially, got the right one off Ali. Uh, and uh, said, oh, you're going to live to regret that because Sally was mocking him and what have you. Outcomes Theory uh, informs us that last week was completely pointless um, because uh, the win has now been stricken from the record courtesy of his relationship with Mr. McMahon and there's a love in between Miz and Theory. And uh, Ali said, you talk too much. I want a US title match. I want to fight. I'm willing to fight for it. And Theory said, all right, you've got a, whatever they call it, contenders match tonight. But, uh, you know, can't handle the heat and he said I can't handle the heat and he went alright fair enough it's a handicap match me and Miz versus you uh, your thoughts on the promo quickly Sige uh, abysmal absolutely abysmal like you know insider references all you want but ultimately Vince McMahon's completely not played him um, take 
you've taken your ball and gone home adjacent verbiage wrapped around 50-50 booking. Like, he's absolutely shafted him, like. What was the thing that Moxley just couldn't do because then that'd be him every week? I can't remember on the podcast, he was like, it wasn't the Red Wagon because he we saw Pooper Scooper. Pooper Scooper, that was it. Yeah, he said, I can't go out with a Pooper Scooper because that's Vince will see it, love it, and then I'm a Pooper Scooper guy. Um, this is a company that takes like first names. As a matter of course, pretty much now, he's going to be moosed in two weeks. Like He has allowed the script in to call him moosed when his current name is Moose Far Ali. Vince has heard that. He's like, that's a lot less to remember, isn't it? Moost. Mm. I like Moost. People could chant Moost when he's a top baby face. I love it. Oh, I love Moost. Moost. Or they just misheard. He was trying to get the guy from Impact. And they go, <laughs> We've got Moost. It's, what's, yeah, what's he done? He's going to be Moost. No, I'm going to be Moost. You back to sleep, Vince. We've got it from here. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Surprise, surprise, the numbers game caught up to Mustafa Ali in a very brief match. There were some nice spots. He drop kick Theory off the apron and hit a rolling neck, neck breaker on Miz. But in the end, Theory grabs Ali's leg as he's getting back in. He kicks him off, turns around, but he's still mixed up in the ropes as uh, Miz catches him with a skull-crushing finale. One, two, three. Uh, and as, as Miz and Theory are celebrating and walking up the ramp, he gets jumped by Tommaso Ciampa. But yet again, it felt like they were like, yeah, yeah anyway, enough of that. Backstage to 24-7 bollocks. It's weird what they're doing with, with Ciampa, isn't it? I mean, ultimately, if he is the third guy in this edge stable, um, that becomes well, that becomes a justification. Like, all, all I've done is done what everybody told me to do, which is come make a name for myself, and I can't do it. So I've seen the people that are making a name, whatever. You know, like that kind of diet. You can almost hear that, can't you? Word for word, so fine, I guess. It feels, I'll give them this, that feels by design. The fact that even when Champa is doing the WWE things of sneak attacks and all that, it's still, like his interviews are cut off, his attacks are being cut off. There's probably there's probably something to it, even if it ends up being dropped and they just turned out to be cut off attacks. Um, I like that matches in WWE can be so boring and bland that you, when a commentator makes a mistake, like Corey Graves saying Austin, and then stutters and stammers for a second. Oh, and, then, and then everything goes quiet. You know what's going on. Yes. And the match is so boring that you can like enjoy Corey Graves in your head, getting a massive bollocking, and a completely unfair and irrational one, but it's Corey, and nobody likes Corey Graves. So he goes, Austin, uh, uh, uh. silence. Anyway, there's an action here. It's like <laughs> these matches are perfect for that because you can just enjoy yeah. what's going on in the headsets instead. I thought so little of this. It's <laughs> quite unbelievable. 50 50, uh, three heels are now out to get him. Like he's got, like, Vincent Mann's absolutely worked him into this position. Mm. Has he got any mates? Like, he is, like... Moosed. Moosed. <laughs> like, AJ's, AJ's got a mate now. Well, Mace Anyone? is now face, isn't he? That's on uh, SmackDown, and you know there's only one time a year... It's SmackDown now. It's only one time Smackdown a year. SmackDown house shows. Oh, okay. You've not missed anything. The, what, the one time a year that, <laughs> like, Mace could theoretically help Moose would be Survivor Series. T-Bar? What's he doing? He's a raw guy. He was a raw guy because he is a heel who was like glad handing Randy Orton for the celebration last week. That's the only way I know he's on raw because he's usually on main event. Moose T. He's horny. (laughs) (laughs) Moose T. There you go, man. There's your tag team. Moose T. And they wouldn't like Vincent Mann so culturally unaware. He'll not know that like Tom Jones is a big singer. So like it'll just that'll be the name of the job next week that gets squashed. Scratch that. If he finds out there's a group called Moose T who did a song called Horny, they're going straight to NXT. Right. Twenty four seven bollocks now. They're backstage. Uh Reggie's trying to talk about to Dana Brooke about going on honeymoon. She won't trust him, obviously, because of whenever the uh, I can't remember when the wedding bollocks happened. The time, keep trying to roll her up. Stop trying to roll your wife up, basically. Uh not like that. Our truth uh gets involved. There's Akira Tazara and Tamina as well. The big argument, and then Nikki ASH just slides in and takes the title away. 
and uh, Dana meh, 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 uh, wants Reggie to get her a rematch later on. She does get that match, and Brooke wins it t- straight back with a somersault neckbreaker. Um, but then people try and roll her up because 24-7 rules don't apply except for when they do. And uh, she yells at Reggie that she wanted a divorce. I love all this. You know. <laughs> I absolutely love all of this because there was a point when I was more extremely online now than I am now. I just get like annoyed when people say, oh, you know, the thing that you like, it's bad. It's like, why? I'm just telling you it is. There's no real justification. thing that you think is Rubbish. It's actually great, and you're a dickhead. It's like you can't. Yeah, for a while, I just get bogged down in that. It's like, I just don't give. I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's the saddest thing of all time. If there's an inkling of like, I read something. Like, oh, shut up, man. Shut up. Like someone tweets something like, I think uh, this thing on it. Well, there's at least twenty examples for WWE. So just save your energy. And like, yeah. I don't care if there's a shred of me that still does. I watch this and think. It's literally the worst thing I've ever seen, mate. It is. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Unless. You kind of justify its quality or analyze its quality, measured against the standards of literally anything. It's not wrestling. It's the worst comedy. It's the same thing every single week. It's literally diabolical, practically racist as well. Yeah. And uh, that's that's the thing you pretend to like. Your, your, your existence, I pity it. Unless, and this is not going to happen, so don't worry. Unless this is some long-term storytelling for Reggie to be able to dr- drop a my wife at the time joke, which would genuinely be a bit of a popper for us. It would be a popper. But, yeah, not worth all this bollocks. But I like the fact that they were like, yeah, so you get, like, relationship, wedding, mention a honeymoon, and then, meh, 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 our bloody woman, so annoying. It's like, Jesus, he's been married for, like, a week. Our truth enrolling on a bunch of online courses to be able to remain in these people's lives just so we can win a title back that he would also lose in seconds is like a detail that I don't think even they realise quite how good that is. <laughs> um, I, I, I love your takes on um, the 24-7 division because like, we've not really discussed this because we only discuss wrestling in the office. We don't discuss the nonsense. <laughs> but I've been saying to Wilborn on the SmackDown reviews, like my favourite thing about that wretched show is Butch the lost dog with rabies. Like yeah, it's it, good. It makes sense to me. Butch makes so much more sense than Roman Reigns because yeah. this universe is pathetic and it's nonsensical. And Roman coming out and being like, hey, you know this totally a nonsensical universe? I'm the boss of it. <laughs> well, you're a stupid idiot loser, then, aren't you? <laughs> that guy's a dog. He runs from building to building, biting people's knees. Like, that's it. That guy fits here. Butch, greater than sign. Be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works, right? Because it 100%. does. 100%. I don't care. Bites one's knees, that's funny. Gil <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick's back there with Becky Lynch. Uh, they tries to go through what happened last week with Asuka. There's a video package probably along with this one because we can't remember anything. Um, and she says, you don't have to tell me what happened. I was there. And I thought, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> Lynch said she talked you know, she talked about being the person who handed Asuka the, champion- Asuka the championship when she left. And she said, hey, you know, you should be a warrior. I'm going to be a mother. And she didn't keep up her side of the bargain, blah, blah, blah. Um and then Lynch came back and Asuka vanished and now that she's on a low Asuka's coming in she's going to put an end to her basically set up the match at the end of the night uh, and then from uh, Mrs. Becky Lynch to Mr. Becky Lynch Seth Rollins came out for his appreciation night he said last week it was all about Randy Orton and celebrating him but we should time it's now time to celebrate someone who's a bit more underappreciated like me and he gets a spotlight and he you know revels in it and the crowd to be fair do sing his entrance theme uh, but then we get a Cody Rhodes chant 
And uh, Rollins says that Rhodes has tried to steal his spotlight at WrestleMania, but he won't be able to do that at Backlash because Seth freaking Rollins is the damn spotlight. Uh, we get a We Want Cody chant. Rollins tells him to shut up. Uh, and he said, you know, I am the standard bearer. And to exemplify this, I've made a video package. And I thought, oh, here we go again. But as he throws to the Tron, Cody's music hits. He comes out. He gets a great reaction. And he gets in there, and he, he's sort of a little bit confused. He said, look, if you want your flowers, I'll give them to you. You know, he congratulated him on what he's achieved. But why are you now sort of unraveling at the seams? I've been nothing but professional towards you ever since we returned. Even after, you know, interfered in matches, shoved me off the top rope, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm concerned now that you're getting so, you know, bonkers. You're going to cross a line that you really shouldn't cross. He said, I like the way he straddled the line here. He said, you are one of the best superstar wrestlers. One for you, one for me. <laughs> over the past 20 years, but you're also delusional. Um, That's how it begins. Yeah. And then uh, Rollins talks about how great Dusty Rhodes was, but he was delusional, just like you, Cody. Uh, Dusty wanted to be WWE champion, but he just wasn't good enough. And as long as I'm here, Cody, you won't be good enough, uh, said Rollins. And uh, Rollins attacked him, and then Rhodes hit him with a Cody cutter in a very fancy suit, which was incredibly impressive. What did you make of all this, Hamlet? I thought it was all right. I think um, the most one of the most parodied things by the end of this year will be how, um, you know, in wrestling, how you can't even, like, utter wife, kid, husband, family before the other wrestlers' music hits. It happened with Edge, Edge and AJ, didn't it, recently? Yeah, kids, AJ, like... They don't want none. It's like, fire my music up now because yeah. he said my kids, he invoked them. I've got to attack him. By the end of this year, it will be one of the more parodied elements of WWE that if you go like, does you And then like, <laughs> Cody, Cody, Cody swings for you. But they did establish it as By like May 19th, trying yeah. to trick people into saying it. But they did establish it as his, you know, reason for being back here, didn't they? You know, they, they had to come up with, and he did, you know, collaborative process, I imagine, something that felt legitimate in the eyes of a wrestling fan beyond... Money, 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 like for him to make this huge <laughs> return. Like, and that felt legitimate immediately. And it was like, fine, win the belt. Why do you want to win the belt? And it's Cody, all of it, all of it. You know, like they, they, it's it's as much Cody as, you know, WWE and all that works perfectly. So they're going to do that. Um, they, they made me, I thought this dialogue was only okay, but they made me believe that they really care about the match. And I like that. Like, I didn't feel like they were trying to sell me a fight. I believe they wanted to have one. And the difference between that has been lost to WWE scripting. And they found it here. So I'll take it. I'll take this as well. Um, Cody Rhodes really underrated it, like, the brawl. Like, he's really good at brawling, not just in the context in the body of his matches, but, like, in these sorts of scenarios. Like, he had a great one with Malachi Black. Mm -hmm. And this was no different. The just, I, I know it's the heel saying it. But, like, if they had a, a wrestler who was, like, at 100th of the draw that Dusty Rhodes is... <laughs> Like, they'd be laughing. <laughs> they would be happy about it. But it's a heel saying it, so it's absolutely fine. Bobby Lashley squashed Cedric Alexander next whilst MVP basically did commentary on oh, it. Oh, who cares? He, uh, I mean, I think this is where we would invoke the skip, if not already, probably. That's too short. You want one for the longer match. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, almost came out as the match started to distract Lashley. Alexander attacked, attacked Lashley, and he just went, oh, someone left the door open. It's like a draft or something. Just turned around, beat the crap out of Cedric Alexander. Um... He tried to dive on the outside. Lashley just caught him, ran him into the post. That looked mint, to be fair. Hits a spear, applies the hurt lock, submission win, and uh, MVP just went, oh, bollocks. Well, that's not looking good for Sunday now. Just like a shameless burial, wasn't it? I know, like, nobody 
gets buried as much as they used to because nobody's a star enough. It's not like if you lose on the way out now, all of a sudden you're, you're ruined. But oh, to have that promo where they're like, all right, we're done with you. And then he goes out the ring and he loses like this. And it's to a baby face. It's not even to like another heel. Mm. Like, I would, this was like, this was the sort of inverse of, oh, the wrestler I like is having a good day at work. I don't feel a lot for Cedric Alexander, but I don't want him to have this bad a day at work. The beating so, that yeah. I took against Bobby Lashley means that Cedric Alexander is not ready to join the hurt business. But I think the fans deserve a different place. <laughs> I think you know the guy, Gary, the goat Garber. <laughs> Roman Reigns in the ring being like, yeah, you got him again. Like, <laughs> not only was this wildly destructive, mm-hmm. not only is it the exact kind of babyface booking that you knew that Bobby Lashley would get, that you don't really like, he's just making you have a bad time. Not himself. <laughs> hey, but remember, remember your school bully? Didn't you love that guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like you knew he was going to get this kind of material, even though you thought, oh, he's different. He's a bit cooler. No, he's the same. Everyone's the same. And uh, I didn't like Bobby Lashley anymore. I cared about Cedric Alexander even less, which, let's be realistic, I thought was impossible. I still don't really see Amos as a threat. It's an actual segment of television, kind of like headache-inducing with the constant cuts back and forward, like unfocused by design, but that still doesn't make it particularly good. This is why I have people on commentary, I think, to serve this kind of purpose. Just uh, a drab old time. Yeah. That gave me a headache. <laughs> For the main <laughs> event, we got an interview with Liv Morgan talking about her and Rhea Ripley and their split. Uh, you know, Ripley thought she was a disappointment, but uh, she's probably just disappointed in herself, said Liv Morgan. And uh, she's not going to take the blame for Ripley's problems. And she wasn't going to take another beating from her. And then we got the six women tag, which was the main event of the night. It was Liv Morgan and Asuka and Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley and Sonya Deville. Um, and they just played with the dynamics of this match in terms of people interacting with each other. So we had Becky Lynch and Asuka starting and Lynch went, Ashley, I don't want any of this. Tags in Sonya Deville. Um, Asuka tags in Belair and Deville doesn't want any of that. So she tags in Ripley. And we get uh, some interesting good stuff from uh, after a break. We had uh, Liv Morgan getting worked over. She hit Lynch with a DDT, brings in Belair. In comes Ripley. These two are great together, obviously, and want to see more of this. Ripley headbutts her. Belair shoulder tackles her and puts her in a delayed vertical suplex because she's insane, insanely strong. Uh, that gets a two count. The heels team up on Belair. That leads uh, to a double superplex from Deville and Ripley, but uh, that gets broken up. Asuka makes the hot tag. Again, you mentioned the hot tag earlier. Comes in, shoulder tackle Deville, running hip attack, German suplex, and a sliding knee. Uh, also a nice bit where she does the, the running hip attack to knock Deville off the apron right into like a code breaker from Morgan, which they replayed. Looked really good, that. Uh, Morgan goes for a pin. Lynch breaks it up. Everyone, again, a bit like earlier, comes in, trades moves. Deville hits Morgan with a running knee strike for two. Uh, tries to cover with the feet on the ropes, but the ref catches her. Uh, and Belair shoves Deville up the ropes. Morgan hits over the oblivion after uh, Deville's yelled at Bianca Belair a bit. One, two, three. A nice baby face victory to send the fans home happy-ish. Do you know what I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I sense like I'm probably going to be I'm reading the room. I'm probably going to be the, the high guy on this one. I thought this was really effective. Yeah, and it carried over to like enhance my personal enjoyment of it as well. So it was so you basically you what you're doing now is you're showing what the Raw Women's Division looks like post WrestleMania. You shuffled the deck a little bit, um, and the work has therefore got to be half decent. Otherwise, it kind of undermines the whole point of it. And the work was it, the work was decent throughout, so nothing was undermined, which is the first. Often, like, WWE, and, like, wrestling in general, like, will stumble at that first step. So they get over that, and that's great. So the work is good throughout. They've used 
Like, this was a really effective use of everybody. Six people here, and I thought everybody was used super effectively. Becky Lynch is a main event wrestler, right? And that's what makes us feel like a main event. Bianca Belair is right there with her. So these two people who have just had the best match of both nights of WrestleMania, and they're in there, and they're suddenly you see them with other people, and their stardust is actually rubbing off onto others, which is what's always supposed to happen in wrestling, but never does in WWE. Asuka, her return... Like, doesn't feel big or anything. She doesn't feel like, oh, it's not like a Cody Rhodes thing where, like, somebody's back on Raw and wrestling, but she's just this established star mm-hmm. in a feud with a bigger star in Becky Lynch. And you're getting these little interactions and you're thinking, yeah, I do actually want to watch that again. So that's pretty cool. In the meantime, Rhea Ripley has turned heel and is being given the opportunity to express herself more as a wrestler on the heel side. It's all fairly quiet and understated at this point, but you sense big things will come away because it's like, right, they're going to remember who Rhea Ripley is again. And then Liv Morgan gets over, gets the win, gets a bit of a rub, and it all looks good. I like, I had nothing but like good feeling off of all of this. And I'm taking a look at the division. Like, I've not mentioned Sonya Deville there because I feel like she had the least to do, but she's been the most profiled character anyway because mm. of the GM stuff. I just felt like, like we talk about with AEW, Cedric said it for ages now about like, just put stars against stars. Just do these matches and it will all feel bigger. This was sort of a perfect example of that at play. I'm not saying that women's wrestling is saved in WWE, but I took a snapshot look at the Raw Women's Division and I thought, yep, her versus her versus her versus her. There's combinations for a few months. Like, really, really quite good, I thought, all of this. Yeah, genuinely, I completely agree with that uh, statement. When you've got a GM doing super GM things, instantly my interest is completely annihilated, so I can't care on that basis. But the other matches, the combinations, yes, I'm interested in. In fact, the things that they make DeVille do under this guise of, this is just how it always works. And then as we joked about earlier in the podcast, the more you do it, the more you realise, oh, middle management types really are the absolute worst out there. <laughs> and then you think, oh, I should figure that out. And what's middle management got to do with professional wrestling? So it is really annoying. And it got annoying within the body of the match, unfortunately for me at the end. Because like, the visual image of someone using the ropes for leg re- leverage just looks a bit silly. The more you do it, just like she didn't budge. She was like, "No, I'm your boss," kind of thing. Count the pin, yeah. and she went, "Well, not for nice. You know, the rules have been suspended. If you do it's all a complete jokes." So I thought the visual image of her just no selling. The referee telling her to stop doing it was just a bit silly, and it sagged down. What I generally thought was some really good, yeah, great work, great work between various of the combinations involved. Having said that, like I know obviously some of these matches are going to inform WrestleMania backlash, but it was one thing to have no world title picture. And I know the women's do have the world title and all the rest of it, but... It not, just not at the pay-per-view. Sorry to cut in, but yeah, yeah like, not so Bianca's not yes. defending, so yeah. So it right. just feels like a, a, a half-decent by terrible standards main event of a house show that you go and you think, oh, the, the goodies won. That's nice. Mm-hmm. It's a freaking go-home show for a pay-per-view that they've completely and utterly no souls because they don't care enough about it and they don't have enough to save for the shows that matter. Mm. Well, do join us for the WrestleMania Backlash stream <laughs> on Sunday. But yeah, it's not our fault that they've, what they've done with this bloody card. Uh, but we'll be looking ahead to it later on this week. Let us know your thoughts uh, ahead or, uh, on Monday Night Raw. Apologies on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Why shake and follow all three of us? You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Yeah, a bit of a mad day today, hence no five star review review because we'll, we'll be back later, myself and Sidge to review SmackDown, myself and Hamlet to review AW Rampage. Bloody bank holidays, they're not worth it, are they, look, boys? <laughs> uh, anyway, but for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.